empower, inspire, passion, pleasure, abundance, divine feminine energy, healing. The Find and Fearless Confessions podcast with Grace Allison was curated to empower and inspire women to live a rewarding and fulfilling life of passion and pleasure. Every episode, we will have candid conversations about self-care and self-love, the journey to spiritual growth and healing, mindfulness, health and wellness, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I got a confession, sis. Let's get this tea. Thanks for joining me. All right, y'all, let's get this tea with Miss Lindsay. Y'all ready? Let's get into it. I don't want to just, you know, do these quick sprints and then you hit a hard stop and then that's it, right? You know, it's something that I want for myself eternally. And it's like, Lindsay, take your time with yourself. You're sculpting something beautiful. You know, diets aren't made overnight, you know. It definitely takes pressure, but it also takes time. It takes intentionality. I think that's the biggest thing that I have been able to kind of embrace in this season is that, Lindsay, as you're becoming who you're supposed to become, it takes time. It takes intentionality. It takes you just applying pressure, and it takes you being able to say, you know what, today is a rest day. Today is a rest day. And that's okay. Because it's going to look different. You know, it's going to look different. Your journey it's going to look different from those that are beside you, whether they're in the same industry or not. It's been, it's definitely been a process, but it's been a rewarding process because I know that what's on the other side of this season is more than what I could have even imagined. Once you know who you are and your gift and your purpose in the world, like you become unstoppable and it's just so important as women to, like you said, to create a fulfilling and rewarding life because so many of us are just going with the ebbs and flows and we really don't know how to operate in that. I recently yeah. just meditated and God spoke to me and he was like, you know, you're not supposed to be doing and doing every day. Like our body operates in cycles. Mm-hmm. And once I got that, I was like, OK, like you said, when it's time to rest, just rest. When it's time to create, we create. 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 I love that. I love that. And it's so important. It's so important because you you then are able to learn how to to preserve self. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when we're just going and going and going and going and going and going and when we're trying to keep up with everybody else and this new thing, this new trend, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. Burnout is real. And sometimes burnout reveals itself burnout happens even before it starts to reveal itself. By the time it's revealed itself physically, it, you've already been burnt out at that point. So you haven't been as productive over, you know, the couple of days leading up into that. You know, you haven't been able to really think and be creative. But we don't know how to read ourselves yet. We don't know how to understand the cycle that our bodies and our minds to understand how to better control it. But that's, that's the beauty of the journey, right? That's, that's the beauty of the journey is figuring it out. Definitely. And persevering, persevering through while you figure it out. Oh, yeah. Self-awareness is so important on the journey because sometimes we don't know. 
we never take the time to actually just sit down and reflect. Self-awareness yeah. is like super important. So, yes. So now that we are growing and we are on the journey of becoming and stepping into our power and everything that we have to offer, like tell the people what does it mean for you when you say take up space? For me, taking up space is being able to walk into a room and, one, know that I am deserving of being there, first of all. So you're already going to walk in there with a different level of confidence. With a different level of ambition, you're going to walk in there with a different level of, with a a different glow, because you know that you belong in that space, first of all. And when you get into that space, being able to fully take up space, being able to show up as your full, authentic self. Right, being able to let the full you um, be who you are in its raw and authentic form, you know, not shrinking for anybody else. You know, a lot of times when we walk in spaces, especially corporate spaces or in spaces where we are, we naturally walk in and we try to blend, either blend in, you know, with what's already happening or we try to shrink to not be too much. You know, we don't want people to look at us as that person or she's too loud or she thinks she knows it, you know, and, and I think that that has, that has happened way too often with us that it became a, a normal thing. But when we walk into any room, our first response isn't to be your full authentic self. It's to, okay, let me, let me read the room. Yeah. Let me see who I need to show up as right now. When that happens, you're not taking up space, right? So for me, taking up space is one, knowing that I belong in any room that I step foot in. Two, knowing that I am okay being my full authentic self no matter where I show up. And three, being able to embrace whatever happens in that room, right? Opening myself up to opportunities, opening myself up to new conversations, you know, even if people are around you or conversations that are happening that you are not the most familiar with or you're not the most comfortable with, instead of just being quiet and not saying anything, asking questions, you know, well, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Or, you know, I've been reading about that. Can you elaborate a little bit more on your experiences? You know, so being being able to feel confident in who you are and what you have and knowing that everything that you have is what you're supposed to have in that room. Yes, I love that. And one of the main parts that I took away from that, God is the only validation that we need. When you when you embody that, it's, it's, it's over. It's really over. The art of code switching, I want to touch on that because Ooh. as a black female, you know, walking into a space in an office, you dim your light, you kind of tone it down. And for me, I'm a black woman who loves different hairstyles. <laughs> when I tell you I'll have braids one week, I'll cut my hair the other week, I'll have a wig the next week. And these white people that I was working with, they was like, um, sis, <laughs> what's going on here? And I had to really, you know, sit them down and explain to them, you know, the essence of being a black woman. Each time I would come in there, they're like, did you cut your hair? Well, did can I touch it? I'm like, and then I think, in that type of culture as black women, we kind of shrink because we're tired of having to explain ourselves and, you know, we want to fit in. So for me, I am in the process of transitioning. I had to release that step into all of who Grace is. So I think that's so important. And, you know, it's, it's, 
it's it's toxic, right? Um, and we don't. It's something. It's a part of that toxic cycle that we don't consider toxicity because we've normalized it, yes. um, especially especially in the workspace. But as you you know, for you, I know think think about your journey. You know, of walking away from corporate America to walk into your full self and to full time entrepreneurship, right? You have to unlearn some things so that you can make space to learn new things and learning how who you are in this particular season in your life, but also just who you are in general. Because after spending so much time in corporate America, after spending so much time abiding to other people's rules, after after you spent time conforming to what they said was acceptable in their office, right? You have to unlearn those things. And it takes time sometimes because that was a part of who you were for so long, right? And it's almost like being a baby again, you know, and having to learn who you are, you know, instead of learning how to walk or how to run, you're learning how to think for yourself. You know, you're learning how to think about yourself. You're learning how to, you're unlearning how to, not shrink when you walk into certain rooms, right? It's, it's you're learning how to be your most creative self and not, you know, dumbing down your ideas because you don't think that so and so or that supervisor is going to be accepting, right? You have to unlearn so much to relearn yourself who you are in this season, but also to prepare yourself for the future you that you're going to continue to become. Yes, I need you to. I need you to say that one more time. Make sure they got that. Make sure they get that. There is, there is so much that you have to unlearn, yes. so that you can make room to learn new things for the person that you are in this particular season in your life, but also the person that you are continuously growing into. That person that you are becoming, your your full self, your whole self. Yes, I love that. I love that. Unlearn to relearn. And that is, I'm handling it with grace. And I'm just taking the time to learn more about me and making decisions that feel good to me. That's what it's all about. A lot of women really don't even know what makes them happy. I realized that. I had a conversation with a woman and she couldn't even tell me. So I was like, I think you should journal on that. Just take time to reflect because if you can't make yourself happy or at least be able to identify the things that make you happy, you can't expect anybody else to be able to do so. That's right. That's right. That's you gotta, it's the same thing with love, right? You gotta know how to love you before you can teach somebody else how to love you. Yes. Yes. You gotta learn how to language? appreciate you. What's your love language, baby? Come you on, gotta man. learn how to appreciate yourself before you can teach other people how you want to be appreciated. You don't know. You don't know. And you can't help nobody else. Come on now. And I think and nobody else can do it for you. They can't figure it out for you. It's your journey. It's definitely your journey. It's yours. It's your journey. And I think a lot of people get the misconception that the more they give to others is what they'll receive in return. You can be a good person and you can give and give and give, but like attracts like. That's the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And if you're not pouring into yourself, then you're going to attract people that's not going to do the same. So I think that's, exactly right. that's super important. All right, <laughs> we're getting into the thick of it, sis. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up in the finance industry? Give us a little bit of your black girl magic. 
so um woo, so just who I am now, right? So I am the founder and principal consultant at Kingdom Vision Consulting. We are a financial services firm that specializes in CEO financial planning, specifically for entrepreneurs of color. And we do that by focusing on five key areas of finance on class, credit worthiness, long-term wealth, asset protection, strategic banking relationships, and strategic assets. I'm also the radio show host of the Real Deal Radio Show, where we provide resources, empathy, accountability, and literacy to improve the overall wealth journey for the Black entrepreneur. And we meet you at the intersection of faith, family, and finances. Um, How did I end up in the finance industry? It was all that. Um, I tell people all the time, I kind of bumped into it. I'm a Howard University alum, uh, and while I was looking for an internship in D.C. right after my junior year, I actually ran into a part-time position as a teller for the local bank down the street from my school. And I said, you know what, Lindsay, let's just, let's just try it out, right? You know, um, benefits, you know, pretty decent pay at the time. And I was like, how about it? I applied, I got an interview, the same exact day that I had my panel interview, the district manager immediately sent me to the location to um, interview on the spot for the branch managers, and they loved me. They were two black women at the time, Um, and one, that was was already empowering for me, right? Because a lot of times, you have to see it to believe that it can happen. Yes, ma'am. A lot of times, it's hard to be what you've never seen, right? So for me to already walk in that space and to see these black women running this bank was very, very, very important to me because coming from a very, very small town, one of the poorest counties in North Carolina, Berkeley County, you just didn't really see that that often. And for me, it just automatically in my mind, it let me know that I, because I reached that level of exposure, it let me know that anything that I wanted to do in that space, it could be done. My branch, my entire branch at the time were people of color. I think we, everybody was black. All three top positions were black women. So we had two, we had one Latino woman and we had um, a Latino man. And it was just a dynamic family experience. And my branch manager, she really, really, really made me appreciate financial literacy. I just seen the way that she would cater to our community. I worked in a mass market community, so we had business owners, we had some affluent clients, but we also was a branch that was packed on the first and the third, right? So we had a lot of people on fixed income, a lot of people, you know, as soon as their checks came in, they were taking the money out instantly, you know. So I, because I helped such a diverse group of people, that clientele just exposed me to different levels of thinking. But I also saw the need for financial literacy in my community. I saw that the majority of the people that came into the branch that experienced overdraft fees or who had bad credit or who were considered a risk to the bank were people who looked like me. So that really inspired me to do more financially for my people, which the best way to do that at the time was education. So I would follow my branch manager to different places where she was teaching financial literacy, there was an at-work program um, that the bank had at the time where there was a specific role and a specific group of people, of banker volunteers, who went out to schools, nonprofit organizations, churches, et cetera, to teach financial literacy. And I just naturally connected with that segment of the bank. So that was kind of what I did, you know, throughout my career. And for 
about five five years straight, I received a promotion every single year. So I knew that I was operating in my purpose. Come on now. Um, after I grew after I graduated from Howard, um, I received my first promotion, which is after being on the, being on the job for a little over a year to a customer sales and service representative. That next year, I became a personal banker. That next year, I became a business banker. And that next year, I transitioned from one institution to the next to become a branch manager and business development officer of a few locations in Baltimore City. And I knew that this was where I was supposed to be. So fast forwarding, at the end of 2020, I actually lost my job from the pandemic during a branch uh, bank merger. They closed a number of our downtown locations, and I was one of those managers that was displaced. And God literally just provided me with a sense of peace, a sense of comfort, and he said, this is what I need you to do. He gave me the business name. He gave me the clientele who I would serve. He gave me the areas of finance that we were focusing on. And he literally, it just came out like vomit almost. And I knew that, you know, it was really then that I understood that, okay, this is my purpose. You know, I knew that I was good at it. I knew that I had done it successfully for years, like, but I didn't really know that it was my purpose until God positioned me to have to do it on my own without a bank's reputation attached to me, without another company, right? I'm doing it for myself. I've created this space for myself with the help of God. And it's been it's been a beautiful journey ever since. I love that. I love that. And that is just definitely proof that your gift will always make room for you, sis. Like all you gotta do always. is walk in it. That's it. Yes. That's it. And I love the That's fact it. that you stand for like financial literacy. Like this is something that I think definitely should be taught to our youth at an earlier age. Cause I know for me, I didn't learn about that. And you were one of the first persons that I spoke with when I was transitioning from employee to entrepreneur. And I wanted to know like, well, how do you think I should go about this? So thank you for sharing your information with me so that I could better position myself. I still have some ways to go, but I'm in a better position because of the information that you shared. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Another point you made that stuck out to me was exposure. Come on, sis. I think it's so Mm -hmm. important, especially coming from a small town from the 252 area. It's so important that we see more because it's so much more than 2.6 miles. It's so much more outside of this area. And exposure is what drives you, is what gives you that motivation. Like, if she can do it, I can do it too. So I definitely think that's so important to be around like-minded people that you can learn from and that exposes you to more. Because we need that, you know, and I think we need it more than what we know that we need. Because, you know, when you think about it, right, just think about kids who grew up in our communities, right? If you didn't see people in suits, if you didn't see people who, you know, were wealthy in their careers, how can it be something that you feel like you can reach? Come on it now. didn't feel as attainable when you didn't see it growing up. So it's important. That's why it's also important for you to, for people to expose their children to different things. Take them outside of your hometown. Let them travel. Let them experience different cultures. Let them see, you know, other Black people who are well off in different places so that they know that this is not where they have to stay. 
that there is so much more to life and so much more to this world than the 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 communities in which we were brought up. Definitely, definitely. And I think it's also important for those residents of the community to come back, you know, once they've made it, to come back and share information and share resources with the people that are still here, especially our youth, because that's our future. And if we can pour into their future and just allow them to see something bigger, that's the start of greatness. I agree. I, I totally agree. It's, it's much easier to, to train a child up than it is to um, retrain broken adults. Yep. Yes, yep, ma'am. Yep. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I love the way you put that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So I see you, you know, you're doing your thing with the passive income. I see you with Airbnb, you're on Turo. So give us the tea on passive income and how to make the money work for us, sis. Because we, in abundance, you know, you're supposed to make the money work for you. So give us the tea and tell us, you know, how to make the money work for us. So the biggest biggest thing to even knowing how to first make the money work for you is knowing how to take care of the money, right? And mind you, I didn't say learning how to go get the money because I think our community has definitely learned how to hustle. We learn how to grind. We know how to go get it. Mm-hmm. But our issue is that we don't know how to take care of it. And if you don't know how to take care of it, then it's going to be impossible for you to allow it to work for you properly in a way that you can create passive income. Right? So we got to start with the basics. Sometimes people just want the, the get rich quick you know, idea or how can I flip this real fast, right? But it's it's deeper than that. And you have to do that homework of understanding how do I take care of my money? Do I really know how to budget? Do I understand the difference between my assets and liabilities? You know, do I know, do I completely understand my personal cash flow? You know, how money comes in, but also am I controlling how it goes out and when it goes out, right? That's the biggest part to it because if you can't do that, you're not going to be able to strategically think about and to strategically position yourself financially for money to work for you, right? So once you learn how to take care of the money, you're able to goal set with the money. You're able to make plans for that money, right? And I'm really big on buying appreciating assets. One thing about our community is that we buy too many liabilities and or depreciating assets. So tell us what appreciating assets is. Appreciating assets, they grow over time, right? So, for example, real estate is an appreciating asset. Over time, you're going to, your equity is going to increase in that particular property. You know, hopefully that you're in a good neighborhood, things are, you know, developing around you and things like that. But just in general, over time, real estate uh, appreciates, right? I'm really, really big on real estate investing because real estate is one of those industries that will never go anywhere. People will always, always, always need a place to live. People will always need a place to live. You can, regardless of what's happening, even think about during the pandemic, right? That's something that has not gone underway, right? That's an industry that, yes, it might have seen some hard times where people can't necessarily afford to pay their rent and or pay their mortgage, but there are also programs that in place to help people in those situations. Either way, real estate will never be irrelevant, right? So I believe in accumulating, appreciating assets and positioning yourself for those assets that make you money. A lot of times when we think about real estate or we think about home ownership in general, 
all we can really picture is just that one house, right? We think just because we bought one house, that's it, I made it, right? Which is great, that is cool. However, it's also about really positioning yourself to accumulate more because one piece of real estate is not going to make you rich. It might definitely sustain you. It's going to produce some passive income for you, but you need more of it in order to really make you wealthy. So I believe in structuring your finances in a way where you can accumulate properties, accumulate things that you can rent out, accumulate things that you can allow to make money while you're sleeping. So over the last, you know, couple of years, at the end of 2017 and at the end of 2020, you know, I've made a few real estate purchases and I'm in a position now where all of my properties are now making me money. I've lived in it for a little while, you know, have been able to maneuver my finances in a way, especially, you know, with my partner being able to be in alignment financially there so that we can accumulate a number of properties over a certain amount of years and letting them all work for me. You know, the first one of my properties, which is in Maryland, that is a standard rental, right? So we have tenants there for two years, so I believe in signing longer leases if you can, because it, it, it increases your uh, stability, your financial stability with that particular unit. But then I also believe in diversification. So while that particular property is a standard, a standard rental, the next property that I rented out, I wanted that to be Airbnb so that I can also control that income. Because with Airbnb, you have people who want to stay short-term, long-term. You know, there's some diversification there. But you have to figure out how to work for you. But you don't have those options until you can position your place yourself to even purchase those things that can make passive income for you. The reason why I never bought a house is because I always say, well, that's going to hold me there. But I love the way you, you know, you worded that and your perspective on that. You can always just rent it out instead of, you know, you're not, you're not stuck there, basically. You're not. Correct. You can always make money from it. So I love the way you put that and I love your perspective on that. It's something that I'm definitely going to look into now that I have a different perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And there, there are multiple ways to invest in real estate, right? Like everybody assumes that you have to do it one way, but you don't, right? My method was starting off with a home that I lived in, you know, single family home, but your method doesn't have to be that. You know, I always encourage people, you know, when you are, especially if you get the information um, in advance, Go the multi-unit route. Like, let's just say you are a first-time home buyer, right? Mm-hmm. And you find a program that's willing to, that has down payment assistance and that will help walk you through the program. You can purchase a property that's up to four units. So you can, li- let's just say you do get a four-unit property. You can live in one. You can have long-term tenants in one or two. You can Airbnb out the next one, whatever you want to do. And you never pay the mortgage. This, this particular method you come out you never pay a mortgage and you're automatically making passive income automatically Mm. but it's about having the education it's about knowing that it's possible and being able to find the resources that will allow you to do that you also can invest in real estate you know with family members with friends you know creating a joint llc you know and everybody putting their money together to purchase property you don't have to purchase something that is moving ready you can purchase something that needs some work some renovations and you put the money into it and you're able to you know generate the equity that way as well it's really about knowing your options and understanding how you want your particular financial portfolio to look yeah 
I love how you <clears throat> how you mentioned, you know, going in it with friends. I think that's a amazing and smart idea. It takes all of the responsibility off of you and Correct. you can share that responsibility. I love that. Yeah, it's helpful. The, the biggest thing, though, is that you have to make sure that, you know, there's some, some level of trust there mm-hmm. with whoever you're looking to go into business with. And under, and you have to make sure that everybody is willing to also invest in their education. You want everybody to bring something to the table. You also don't want to just be with people who are willing to just hop on it just because they see that you are you know, going to go the extra mile and just assume that they're going to be taken care of as well. You want to make sure that whomever you're in partnership with, you know, you guys have an understanding and that you're in alignment with the goals for the particular, you know, business venture at that time. Okay. Bring a play or stay away. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> oh, I like Okay. Bring something to the table, baby. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, I love that. Well, I'm going to have to use that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So just on your journey as an individual and as an entrepreneur and just as a black woman, how have you had to stretch and just step out of your comfort zone? <sighs> Girl, in all the ways spiritually right i have to also understand that this is entrepreneurship with life in general is a spiritual journey right because we're spiritual people here you know living a real life experience um i've had to definitely stretch myself to understand that it's not me that's in control anymore i used to try to live my life in a very calculated way i used to try to make plans and for myself that i things that i wanted and i wanted them to go this way and if that path didn't look quite like the way I wanted it, wasn't right. I had to let that go. I had to completely let that go because one, in business, there will always be ebbs and flows, but two, you have to always be flexible and be able to pivot. But also three, you have to understand that when you're operating a purpose, you're not operating from your will, right? You're operating from a will that was already designed for you, that was laid for you before you were even in your mother's womb. And that was one big one thing for me. I had to release complete control, which can be very, very, very uncomfortable. While you can, you know, plan for tomorrow, you know, you still just don't know. Being able to really just allow God to use me and to download in me, you know, the things that he will have me to do, which forced me to really step out outside of myself. But I've also had to stretch myself as far as being able to be vulnerable and to express when I need help. I just don't have it all, you know, or express when I just, I don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to do what needs to be done for whomever might be asking at that time, right? And as women, as black women specifically, we wear this this shiro cape and we don't necessarily want to say those things or admit those things because it makes us feel less than. And that is not the case at all. You know, I feel like Honestly, you know, you can get more done when you realize that you need help, when you realize that, hey, delegation is necessary, when you realize that sometimes you just have to say no in order to do more, because sometimes less is more. I've learned how to stretch by taking better care of myself as the entrepreneur. You know, so often when you work for the people and when you're a mom, when you're a spouse, when you wear a whole bunch of titles, you're just so used to giving, giving, giving to everybody else. But 
as an entrepreneur, when you realize that your business, that everything that you do is an extension of you, but especially your business, you have to make sure that you are okay, that you are well taken care of so that you can have the space, the capacity, the bandwidth to take care of your business. When you are not okay, your business suffers, right? So being able to prioritize your self-care, being able to prioritize your your spiritual your spiritual health, being able to prioritize your physical health, your financial health, your mental health, right? Because everybody around you and everything attached to you will benefit from you taking care of you first. And that was a stretch for me because I didn't I didn't originally know how to take care of myself. I was just so used to taking care of my team, you know, making sure my spouse had what my spouse needed. Um, making sure that my parents had what they needed, my siblings, you know, I was just so used to just giving, giving, giving to everybody else. And I didn't really have much to give to myself afterwards. But I had to realize that you got to give to yourself first from your cup so that when you're giving to other people, it's coming from your overflow. Come on now. You just said a, a whole mouthful. Let me just hit... Turn it off. The, the The podcast is over. She just dropped the mic. Like, it's over. <laughs> Everything you said, I felt that in my soul. Like, literally. I was over here. I had my my mic muted. But I was like, come on, Lindsay. I was like, come on. You over here preaching. And being flexible. Like, everything you just said, I can resonate with. Like, being flexible. Oh, my God. I've been doing yoga and meditating more so that I could, you know, get into the space of being more flexible with with life in general and asking for help girl please <laughs> asking for help what help i got it but i had to realize that that was a trauma response like girl yeah. girl you need help <laughs> and it's okay yeah. like and delegating i recently just um hired an assistant like yeah please help me at this point <laughs> it's so like you said it's so important to just know how to give to yourself and then give from your overflow to others and as givers you have to learn that you have to learn how to set boundaries because takers don't have limits and then you're looking at yourself like well sis I'm tired (laughs) you're like well what did you do for yourself what have you done for yourself lately (laughs) yep so no, you're absolutely right. And one thing that you said that's so important is takers don't have limits. And we can't depend on the takers to stop taking for us to have more. Gotta because it's not going to work like that. Got to take right. your power back. That's right. That's right. Got that's to. Right. Got to. You touched on this in your last response, but you can go a little bit more in depth. Just tell us what self-care means to you. Like on a day where you're feeling exhausted or you're feeling like... I need a break. What do you do for yourself? How do you honor yourself? Well, the first thing I do is put that that good old do not disturb on my phone so that I can one I so that I can limit distractions. That's the biggest piece because it's it's so funny that a lot of times when you're right in that moment when you want to do something for you, everybody needs something. People want to call you, they want to text you, you want to see this notification ping, ping that over here. Everybody needs something from you. But I had to realize that one day when you're when you're spending intentional time taking care of you, you gotta put everybody else on pause. You gotta put the world on pause yes, and ma'am. only you can matter at that moment. Because guess what? The world will still be there when you're finished. Everything that everybody needed of you, 
they will still need it of you once you're finished taking care of yourself. So that's the first thing is so that I can just limit who has access to me in that space. But also just sitting sometimes to figure out what does my body need right now? Is my body telling me to rest? Do I just need to lay down and relax my mind? Is my body telling me to journal? Do I have a lot on my mind that I just need to kind of get out on paper? Do I just need to just express, you know, what I have going on, what I'm feeling in my life at this time? Do I need to go outside and work out or do I just need to go and get some sun? You know, your body talks to you. Your body tells you what you need, especially when you give it room and space to talk to you, when you silence out everything around you. And for me personally, um, journaling is something that I really, really, really enjoy being able to reflect on how I'm feeling to also track my progress through my journal entries to just see, you know, how I'm maneuvering within my journey is also very, very, very helpful over time. I've also started to work out a bit more. You know, working out for me used to be a task because I used to do it, you know, to honor other people. However, I had to realize that my body is my temple and that I need to take care of it. If I want to show myself love and show myself that I appreciate myself, I got to take care of my body because it doesn't matter how much money I have if I physically can't enjoy it, right? And you have to think about your overall quality of life when you don't take care of yourself. You know, you're not, you, it, it's hard to really give yourself the best quality of life. So that was something that I've had to focus on a little bit more in my self-care journey, but also my mental health, you know, making sure that I am talking to my therapist on a consistent basis. I started my therapy journey about two years ago, and it's been a blessing ever since. I've grown so much. I've been able to just transform and just blossom into the woman I am through having that level of support, having somebody who doesn't know my family members or doesn't know, you know, where I grew up, how I grew up, but who can just really just sit there and listen to me and understand me and to give me guidance that is unbiased, that doesn't come with any preconceived notions has been a blessing, um, especially because growing up, you know, therapy was not encouraged. I know definitely not within my family. You know, we grew up hearing, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house, you know, and we're just kind of built to hold things in and a part of my self-care is letting some of that stuff go. Monday, you can't hold on to all of that. It's toxic. It's draining. I, I, I noticed that it was preventing me from being my best self. So that's also a part of how I take care of myself. And even, you know, another part of my, my self-care is to to go out and to to treat myself to those things that I enjoy, not waiting on other people to do them for me, whether I want to buy myself some flowers or whether I want to take myself out to dinner, right? A lot of times as women, we just instantly, you know, think that that should come from other people. No, it can come from yourself. And that's a form of self-care. If you like flowers, go get yourself some flowers, beautiful, because you deserve and you don't need to get it from anybody else to make you feel that, right? So it's, it's really been me taking intentional care of my body, my mind, my soul, my spirit, so that I can be my best self for other people. Yes, I love that. The rest of the world can wait. The rest of the world can wait. The world can wait. So I love that. I just texted my therapist today, like, sis, do you got any openings this week? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important that we normalize therapy. Like, it's important, in our, especially in our community. Absolutely. 
Yes. Absolutely. Because we, I feel like as a community, we have so much to heal from. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so healing that needs to, you know, come into effect. You know, there are a lot of generational curses that needs to be broken. Mm-hmm. We have some financial healing that needs to happen. Hello. We have some physical healing. You know, when you look at our communities, we are the most obese, right? We have the most heart issues and high blood pressure, right? It's in our communities. Like we, there is a, there is healing that needs to happen within our communities in general, but it starts with us healing ourselves. It starts with that self-care, making sure that we are okay so that we can in turn make sure our families are okay, our businesses are okay, and our communities are okay. Yes, I love that. I love that. It's time for healing. So that we can walk into our blessings and everything that God has called us to do. Yes, because so, he promised it. Okay, it's limitless out here. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. How you feeling? I feel good, sis. Okay. I, I feel real good. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> okay, so before we wrap up, I want you to finish the sentence. For me, finding fearless means. Mm. For me, fine and fearless means walking into my purpose intentionally, boldly, elegantly, in the most sophisticated fashion possible, carrying a glow that starts from the inside and shines outward. I love that. I love that. Glow from within, baby. I love that. You gotta feel it first. You gotta feel it first. You have to. You have to. So tell the people, give them your Instagram name, let them know where they can find find more information and where they can connect with you. Yes, yes, yes. So first of all, thank you so much, Miss Grace, for this amazing opportunity to speak to your audience. First of all, I just love seeing you just be such a boss um, and to bring other women with you. Like We need more of you, so I want to make sure we put that out there. But also, you guys thank can you. follow me at LPL the Real Deal on Instagram. You can tune into our radio show every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on WDRBmedia.com. Or you can go to iHeartRadio and search WDRB Media. You can also follow the business at Kingdom Vision Consult on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. All right. I love it. Hey, sis. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the show. I would just like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, The Finding Fearless Lifestyle, for making this episode possible. The Finding Fearless Lifestyle is a powerhouse providing empowerment, education, and community for women to nourish themselves, to create a rewarding and fulfilling life of healing and abundance. Go ahead and tap in with them and become the CEO of your life.